Welcome to another episode of the Hooper's Almanac. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champs, and my co-host Aaron Carter would be uh, is ecstatic uh, to say the least. Um, first NBA title in their first appearance in the finals. Exciting stuff. Uh, we're ha- we're going to be kind of recapping Game Five, also just going into the offseason, what it means uh, for the two teams that made it that far, the Nuggets and the Heat, what this offseason kind of looks like. Uh, we're bringing on my brother, Evan Sell, to kind of discuss everything. Uh, and yeah, and we'll just go from there. Uh, but before we get going, let's bring on our friends from Green Top. We're back. Another episode. Nuggets are champs, and we kind of predicted this. Um, I feel like all of us had Nuggets in five, all three of us that are on this podcast. Um, Aaron, welcome. We recorded on Sunday night uh, before game five. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling? Let's let's get this out of the way real quick. How are we feeling? How's, how high were you jumping, and how much <laughs> how high was Otis jumping with you uh, right. in the apartment? I feel great. It was an awesome moment. Um, I think my blood was boiling throughout that entire second half. And even the first half, I was most mad for most of that game. And then the final minute, finally, uh, when Struess missed the three, um, I kind of figured we were going to be able to have it. Mm. So after that, it was just pure excitement. And then finally <laughs> knocking down free throws after shooting under 60% all game down the stretch was great. And then, yeah, they played that one theme song that I think is the catchiest thing ever. They've been playing it all playoffs, um, <laughs> dancing to that into the commercial break after they won, you know, all that stuff. Um, had a victory cigar. So, yeah, it was a it was a great night. And then I just finished a rewatch now. And was able to view it much more positively and not be <laughs> mad the whole game. So that was kind of nice too. But watch it a bit more objectively because in the moment, man, it was it was a very frustrating game. The most frustrating game I think of the entire playoffs for Denver. Because yeah. as much as Spolstra wants to say it was their best defensive performance, I thought Denver got great looks. I mean, we yeah. can get into it, but I thought Denver just missed missed shots, played tight, played sloppy, and it was just really frustrating. So the fact that we came out with a win in another way again was uh you know a testament to this team so great journey ended on top so yeah it was nice evan i think we both said it before the finals we both kind of wanted the nuggets to win more than the heat but i don't think we mind we didn't mind whoever did win the finals as the un uh, unbiased third party how did you feel watching the end of this game five I was uh, very pleased for the Nuggets. Um, <laughs> they deserve it. They've got the best player in the league on their team. Um, seem to have the best just overall team, I think, from a depth perspective in the playoffs, uh, the way that they played together, played together for most of the entire season. I mean, it showed. I mean, you saw in that series against the Suns how valuable that time is in the regular season, sure. um, just playing with one another. Um, and yeah, like Aaron said, game five was, was grueling. It was a grinder of a game. Um, and those are the games I think that we've seen the heat win over and over again, all playoffs. Yep. Um, 
you keep seeing them squeak out games against the Bucks and then the Celtics. Sure. Um, and for whatever reason, the Nuggets were just able to, to come out on top. I think a lot of that comes down to some of the great, I mean, we can get into some of the defense there at the end of the stretch um, from the Nuggets, especially KCP and Bruce Brown. Um, but, you know, Jimmy was really, I felt like forcing his shot there at the end or trying to force the offense. And yeah, they just kind of maybe ran out of some of the magic that they were working with at the beginning of the playoffs and the Nuggets just outperformed and out executed them at the end and couldn't be more pleased that they came out on top. Plus I um, cashed a, a huge future on them too. So yes, that didn't sir. hurt either. I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Both, both Evan and I had some financial backing as well. That Absolutely. Made it beneficial for us. Yeah. You mentioned the, the way they won. And I think that was so clear to me. And one thing we talked about with David is I think one of the only teams that kind of matches this underdog mentality of Miami in the playoffs that I've seen has been Denver, which is crazy to think about for a one seed. But the way Malone continued to message through the nobody believes in us narrative, I think the guys actually, you know, bought it in from the outside looking in. I think at a certain point, once you have enough success, I would think that the guys would stop believing that but they didn't and they were comfortable playing in these ugly games um you know not being too full of themselves and how talented they were and that's kind of why on top of all the on paper stuff i felt really confident going into this series because the on paper analysis wasn't necessarily working for the eastern conference finals run for miami i mean uh i think boston and milwaukee both had character flaws and maybe that's Due to the head coach, obviously, in Milwaukee, perhaps a rookie head coach in Boston. I think that matters. Um, mm-hmm. Key injuries along the way, obviously, that we can that obviously played a factor, too. But in general, I thought Denver kind of matched their mentality on top of everything else, which is just, you know, taking that advantage away from the heat um, was huge, I think. They out heat cultured them. Yeah, right. <laughs> that. I think that, and I think that was one of the things we talked about at the beginning. Like these are two of the yeah. longer standing like coaches in like yeah. in the league right now. I mean, of course, Spo's been there for a while, but because how long's Malone been there? Twenty thirteen. Yeah, yes, yeah, or twenty fourteen. I think thirteen was still Carl, um, and I think Malone was there for twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. So I mean, he's I think the fourth most tenured sure. NBA coach at one stop right now. Um, so what? It's it's Pop. Spo Kerr? Yep. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was Kerr. Yeah, because Kerr's been there since 13. Uh Who at else least is on that list. Sorry to, to do a little sidetrack here. Malone. And I don't think there's much more after that. I mean Bo- yeah, Bo- I, Bud's I been there only for uh, Bud's gone. I lied. Bud's gone. Yeah. Um shoot. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would be on that list. Mark Dagnall. I mean, Ty, Ty Lue's been there for a minute, but like you got to think like Doc actually didn't leave. Yeah, it feels like he's been there a lot longer, but Doc actually yeah. didn't leave that long ago, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think I would I would fact check me, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that he's the fourth most tenured. That makes um, sense. Th- that's making sense in my head because every other coach seems to have been fired in the past three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a ton of turnover. And I mean, I it's blinking? been it's been well documented. At how much yeah. trust, at how long of a leash he's been given. I think at certain times he's been very yeah. frustrating and there's been multiple opportunities to kick him to the curb. I think probably the two biggest pivotal moments of that would have been the year they missed the playoffs in game 82, losing oh, to 17. Minnesota in overtime. 
Yeah, twenty seven. And then last year, even though everybody knows how hurt and lack of uh, you know how short they were in terms of depth, right? They still had a back to back MVP that didn't make it out of the first round. Like optically, that's just a bad look. So sure, yeah. and generally the coach is the one that takes the fall for that. So I mean, credit to the Cronkies as much as I dislike them. And I think Saint Cronkie needs to be put out to pasture uh, based on his post-game interactions with Lisa Salters, man. Yeah. But g- good for them. And I think Josh Cronkie, from what I can tell, is more involved, the son. Um, for, good for Josh Cronkie to, you know, keep trusting Michael Malone with this. And obviously it paid off. I have Dan my comparison. For, I have my comparison for Stan Cronkie, and it's going to hurt both of us, I mean, all three Hopefully. of us. Why does he remind me of Rupert from uh, Telesco? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just hated the way he was whispering into was her so ear, th- thinking, like, does He's he not understand guy. How, how microphones work? I'm like, the microphone, like, she was clearly holding yeah. it right up to his face. And it's clearly not his first interview. Like, come on, dude, you've been around sports forever. Your teams have been winning championships recently. It's not like yeah. you've gone through this huge drought. Like, yeah, I think it's probably an age thing as much as it is like anything creepy too. Um, yeah, but I did see be. clips of him in the background in the locker room. Like, seemed like he was taking interviews normally. I don't know. It was odd. <laughs> I'm sure it was loud in there, but it was a very odd thing to do. Yeah, well, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I think you're not the only one who was made uncomfortable by it. (laughs) Well, ESPN literally pulled away. Like they just like never showed that shot again. They they were just panning the rest of the interview as they should. I think that was a smart move by them out of the 800 mess ups they had uh, in their production, this entire playoffs. (laughs) God, some of the, can we ban the sideline camera move roaming camera? Like is the low shot. God, they do it all the time in March Madness. It is my least favorite shot ever because it's like, great. I'm going to look at everyone's ankles for the next five minutes and I'm going to get a bad angle. I can't tell if the shot's going in. It's like, it's it's like when you're, yeah, it's cool when you watch it on Twitter, like 48 hours later. Sure. But like yeah. in the moment when you're trying to follow what's happening, it's not very conducive. It's like when you're at a baseball game and you're used to a, like for Evan and I, when we're at a baseball game and we're used to our bleacher seats and we have a great depth perception on whether a ball is going to be coming to us or if it's going to be short. It's it's like that. You're like, I have a great depth perception of whether I'm watching like on a basic like sideline view on your generic sideline view rather than this roaming camera that's floating camera like that's going up and down the court. I, I I don't know if it's going in or not. I hate that. I like knowing yeah. whether or not I'm, I'm going to be right or not. <laughs> yeah, and the replays have been tough. Um, oh. Sometimes they haven't showed the full replay. I think yeah. Van Gundy had asked, can we see the full clip on that Jimmy Butler fouled three? That was ridiculous. Uh, I was like, y'all should be running this anyways. Why are we seeing the refs standing there doing nothing? I don't yeah. care. It uh, was miserable. Yeah. It was yeah. miserable. But anyways, no negativity because this is the high side of the podcast when we're talking about the uh, Nuggets still. Um, we we saw Jokic go into full hero mode because we talked about it. First half, the Nuggets were, what, one of 16 from three? Something miserable like that. And they need they, they needed every bit of what they got from Jokic on offense it was apparent how much he he was so necess- how necessary he was, and both scoring wise and just creating for everyone else. And I think I I love this trio of people who are still. I mean, I know Aaron being the Nuggets fan is going to agree with uh, uh, agree with it, but 
I can't see how you can make the comparison anymore of MB being better than Jokic because of how much Jokic has done for everyone around him. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Ev? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think that the MVP decision was correct, but I don't think I ever thought that um, Embiid was better than Jokic. I think I've always, you know, for the mm. last two, three years, that Jokic has been better. But I think Embiid had a better regular season. I think he deserved the MVP. We don't have to get into a whole MVP debate here, but none of that even really matters because Jokic won the finals and the finals MVP. Got the he led the league or led the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. First player to ever do that in NBA history. So Crazy, those, are all, those are all the things that, that matter. He clearly doesn't care at all about the regular season awards. He didn't even seem to, to, <laughs> to care too much that he won the finals. So He was ready to go um, home, back to Serbia, and he didn't want to do the parade on Thursday. Yeah, I can't blame him for that. But um, he was like one of the only players who shot the ball actually well. I think he was like... 12 of 16 maybe um while the rest of the team was just abysmal so i mean they needed him they they got on his back and that's i mean he's the best player in the league best player in the world right now and that's why you got him on your team and he brought him yeah and his assist numbers kind of went down pretty precipitously in the last two games game two he also had only four assists yeah i mean he kind of had to be aggressive down the stretch. It was really the two-man game that brought us home with Jamal and Jokic, and that's what I thought in certain spots they didn't get the ball to Jokic enough, to be honest, especially to start that game. Uh, right. four, of the six, four of the first six possessions for Denver were turnovers. And I think that Jokic was miserable. The, Jokic touched the ball once. He turned it over on that play. Um, but he didn't even take a shot until, like I think, the first four minutes already passed in the game. So there were certain times where he didn't touch the ball at all, and I – I mean, he was visibly frustrated. I think it was late in the third quarter. Um, sometime in the third quarter, in between commercials, they showed a, a quick clip, and he was, like, screaming on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was scary. Yeah, you never see that. No. I mean, that's the moment. That's a competitor. Like, for all that, uh, for as calm as he is, for as uh, deflective as he is and praising his teammates, I think he's kind of shown he's a great competitor, too. Like he cares and he will fight hard and he's grown in his role like vocally with the team, which I think has been important. Um, and maybe the vets have kind of helped him find that. But uh, yeah, I mean, by far the most dominant player and we needed every bit of that down the stretch because yeah. Murray also didn't have a great game. I think it was probably his worst game at the finals. It was the, yeah, it's the efficiency of how I think yeah, Jokic was the only one that shot over 50% from the field, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, on the Nuggets team. It was it was abysmal. But then again, on the other side, it, it wasn't like the Heat were making shots either. So, it, it, But you're right. It was yeah. – we talked about it earlier. Heat had much tougher shots than what the Nuggets were taking. Nuggets yep. had so many open shots, especially uh, MPJ, um, which we'll get to him a little bit later. But I we talked about Jokic, but just on the Murray side of things – we saw this step up in Murray in these finals. Um, and while he wasn't great in game five, I think what was so impressive is just now we have to consider because Aaron, one of the things you texted me was Murray in your top 50. Yeah, he was. Okay. Was he your top 25? Uh, no, I think he was in that class of like great second, second guys on a team. 
And he was probably lower in that list because I just wasn't sure what he was going to be like coming back from an injury. Sure. Um, I would have to double check his exact ranking. He was in the top 50, but um, yeah, yeah, it was just it was just tough to figure out what he was going to be, you know, after sitting out for two years. How how high would you have him, Evan? Jamal Murray as a player? Yeah. Um, Well, I don't have my rankings off the top of my head, but he's, his stock has definitely risen tremendously just even in these playoffs. I mean, I've seen people talking about now how he's a top 15 player in the NBA top 20 guy. I don't know if he's that if he's that high for me. I love it, um, but no, I'm out on I that. Think, but I think he's definitely cemented himself as like a clear like like we talked about. I mean, the way that he kind of took over games here, especially in these finals where he's um, I think during the regular season and sometimes in the playoffs, we saw his tendency to to want to kind of take over with his scoring or dribbling or trying to create by himself. Um, but I think finally in the finals, we saw him kind of let the offense come to himself, take what the defense was given him, especially against an Eric Spolstra-led defense. Um, the fact that he was able to kind of dissect that defense, I think two games, I mean, he got triple doubles. The fact that he was able to find the open man uh, take his shots when they were there, but not force the issue. Um, that's a huge development in his game. And if he can carry that over to next year and years to come, I mean, the uh, he, his ceiling couldn't be higher. So I think I think if you're a Nuggets slash Murray fan like Aaron, you got to be pretty ecstatic for the future. I had him 25th. So right ahead of Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, Darius Garland, right behind DeMar DeRozan, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton. I think he's above everybody on that list except for Donovan Mitchell. I would still have Donovan ahead of him. Sure. Um, I would also probably have Anthony Edwards slightly ahead of Jamal. Sure. Um, but after that, I mean, he's a top 20 player at this point, for sure. And arguably the best second option on any team except for maybe Kevin Durant. Or Devin Booker, whichever way. I was just saying, yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> who, I was just saying, wait, who's the second option there? I think I think Devin Booker's the best player on that team now. But yeah, either we'll way, see. we'll see when they got an offseason under their belt. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just I just want to remind us. There was this guy two years ago who had an incredible finals on a team that lost. Um, and then people were putting him in the top four centers and top twenty-five in the league at the time. His name was DeAndre Ayton. I, I, I think this is a little different scenario due to the fact that we we actually saw Murray succeed, but I don't want us to overreact yet. I don't. I want to. I don't want us to overreact because we saw what Aiton did the next year. Wine, bitch, and complain to everyone. Not thinking Murray's going to do that because of what he what his relationship he has in Denver. But I want to see it again. I want to see him run it back full healthy year because I know when yeah. did he come back? Like January or December this year? Yeah, he was back from the jump. Yeah. Oh really? Why did I think yep. he was like missed? He a sat month? out all last year. There were hints that maybe he'd make a. Uh, come back and like the playoffs or maybe right before the beginning of the playoffs didn't sure um i think he had some mental things to go through and i think that was probably the right call i don't think we were beating that warriors team oh good lord no a 25 percent murray and then yeah he was he started at the beginning but he wasn't himself until january so right yeah and that's what i remember okay so yes and no i mostly know that i was right um but i just i agree the top 25 i don't know yeah it's it's i like think it's fair to be skeptical though i think it's fair i mean you don't want to 
I mean, you'd like to see sustained success, but I think that's the whole point of these these lists and these rankings is that they fluctuate so much. So I mean, as as right. it currently stands, I think Aaron's right, but I don't think that's like a long term thing. I mean, unless unless he makes it a long term thing. So because yeah, the thing is, like, dude's never been an all star, and I mean, like, people want to say that. I don't think he's necessarily had an all star caliber regular season yet. I think he's been sure. a great playoff performer, and. The West guard rotation is absolutely stacked. Like, and now right. we talk about SGA is potentially a top 10 guy. Yeah. Uh, Luca, Ja, Kyra Irving. Steph. Steph. I mean, yeah, Booker's a, a guard. Like, yeah. it, I don't even know if he's going to be an all-star in a Dame. I don't even know if he's going to be an all-star in Anthony Edwards. Like, <laughs> keep going. I, I think you can make Russell. the argument for every single... All right, stop. Uh, so, I mean, I think he deserves to be an all-star at some point in his career. And maybe he makes a push for it next year. But I, I, the, the West rotation is just stacked. So to act like it's been a travesty that he hasn't been an all-star, even as a Nuggets fan, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, but it also doesn't diminish his, his no. resume or oh, God, what he's no. accomplished. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that side of things. I think what we saw this year, you're right, Evan, because what we're used to seeing of Murray was that bubble Murray, like where he was throwing up 40 or was dueling 40 point games with Jamal Murray. Um, we didn't Donovan Mitchell. Why did I say Jamal Murray? He is Jamal Murray. You dingus. Um, when he's dueling 40 point games with Donovan Mitchell in Utah and Utah jazz. I mean, we didn't see this playmaking uh, for others side of him until late in this playoffs. And yeah. so that was, that's what, Right. And so I think, you know, these, the great teams always are picking up something as the playoffs are going on. That's why everyone loved Aiton two years ago because he was picking, he was able to guard everyone that he was being put out in front of, like could guard guards and forwards and bigs, and it didn't matter. And he was actually like kind of aggressive and like on offense. And so I want to see that step that Murray took stay the same. I want to see that like continuously get better because he's only 26 years old. He's only 26 years old and it's nuts. So I am incredibly hopeful and I am incredibly encouraged by how well he played in these finals. And it's exciting because that duo of him and Jokic, both being under 29 years old, insane. And both being (laughs) having a third guy in, in MPJ under 25 nuts. So I am, You've got a solid base. And I think what the only guy that's not on contract for next year right now is Bruce Brown. Am I? Yeah, essentially. Zeke Naji will probably get let go. I think we have a team option. Uh, I don't think we're going to pick up his four and a half million dollars. And you're not going to get Thomas Bryant back. Yeah. And Thomas Bryant's unrestricted. So, yeah. You'll need a backup big. You'll just need a backup big. Yeah. We'll, yeah. I think Gordon as a backup five is fine in the playoffs, but sure. Season long, we need somebody. Yeah, the Bruce Brown thing is going to be the biggest offseason question. Are we going to try to skirt around the edges and try to maybe bring in two players that could total to what Bruce Brown's salary would probably be? Um, does he want to be a starter somewhere else? Because I don't think he'd be a starter in Denver, even if he got paid. No. So, you know, lots of questions. The other thing is, do you see Christian Brown taking the step to being what Bruce Brown was this past year? That's I think that's I, a big question. And Peyton Watson, who we drafted, and I think showed yeah. some signs late. I think he's going to be real. I mean, Paul George was like saying to watch out for this guy on his pod, whatever that means nowadays. All these guys <laughs> making things. 
Pat Bev sure. was saying Cat's the best big man in the league on his. So, I mean, who knows? Pat, um, Bev, Pat Bev is just isn't a trusted source of any sort of knowledge, I feel no, like. He is not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you talk about guys taking steps. I want. I think we talked about Murray sufficiently enough, and I think the passing was huge because the Heat just double teamed him so much in the pick and roll, which they stopped in game five. Yeah. And he still turned the ball over a ton, which was why I thought it was so disappointing. He did so sure. good against the... <laughs> Double team in game four, zero turnovers. Um, but MPJ, I think, for all of us as Mizzou fans, two Mizzou grads here, I think is the guy we've been following really closely, have been cheering for, is so frustrating at times, broke our hearts at Mizzou, broke my heart in Denver for the first couple of years. But like, I don't know, Evan, what were your thoughts? Because I thought he grew a lot despite having a really tough series. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't super optimistic on MPJ, just for all the many reasons i mean we could talk about health and we can just talk about um defensive awareness um and offensive awareness too he's you know sometimes it feels like he's just only looking for his shot i mean his assist numbers couldn't be lower um (laughs) they're only the only number lower than his is zero honestly yeah (laughs) i was and i think which is weird. The most impressive part of his game was these finals. I mean, he had a, I mean, statistically he had a really good playoffs just looking at his numbers. Um, But I think you saw a lot of those same inconsistencies there that we've been seeing this whole time. Um, And then whenever he started to struggle in the finals, you never felt like he was dis like he wasn't on the court, like he was disappearing. Like he was still making his presence known for whatever reason. It felt like he finally bought in, um, whether it was rebound, I mean, the, the guy was just soaring for rebounds, especially on the on the offensive end, hustling for loose balls. Um, and those are just things we haven't seen from him yet. And I think that's a huge sign um, for the Nuggets. The fact that he was supposed to, the the fact that he was able to stay, you know, primarily healthy this year for the most part. Um, the fact that he was able to 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 develop and grow this much as a player and into the team, into the system. I mean, the fact that they're going to go into next year with these top three guys on their team, Jokic, Murray, and MPJ, um, you know, Lord Wood, and they're all still healthy going to next year. That's just one of the scariest things in the NBA next year. I mean, that's they're, they're set up for great success and seeing um, Porter Jr.'s resiliency um, specifically in the finals was pretty, pretty cool to see just because you, you, you figure if he's not producing for you, in the points column that he's kind of a zero everywhere else, but he, he kind of flipped that on its head and showed that just because he couldn't buy a shot doesn't mean that he wasn't making impacts other places on the floor. So I was, I was, yeah, I was really happy to see that. I completely agree because, you know, even within this series, within the finals, I mean, he had a bad game three, like, and now I think that was probably his worst game, even in a win to like, Game two was horrible. He had a lot of bad games. Game one, he was good. Game four, he was bad. But he turned around his effort. In game five, I thought he was really good. Even though he still shot terribly. Game two, he was played off the floor. I think he barely had 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. And that's like the thing. Like he got benched in both those games. And so you saw more Bruce Brown than you did to see of him. And so you're right. Game five was when you're like, because he was had what? I think he had like two or three offensive putbacks. And they were very impressive, like hard fought. And the fast break when he dribbles it between his yes. legs and it yeah. just looked like a circus shot. I was like, yep. 
that's like the that was the shit you remember. That's the shit that you bring him in for because you're like, he's a six ten who can semi decently handle the ball pretty well. So you're like, okay, just put it in when you got the smaller guy on you. I think you're right. There was a lot of mental maturity on the court, yes. especially in game five, and you just saw it happen, which just between that series. And so he sandwiched, he put the bread on on the outside of both on three bad games. And game that one and five were an for very metaphor. <laughs> I know it was ter- <laughs> terribly done, but you know the wheat bread on the out on game one and five was the. Uh... <laughs> I'm done with this bread analogy. He, now. Yeah. He, stri- he strikes me as a white bread who cuts off the crust type of guy. Yeah, his, and then like still asks like his private chef to cut it off for him. Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> I thought he had a really impressive playoffs. His shooting wasn't always that consistent. Let's see. Overall, for the whole postseason, he shot 35% from three. That's so, oh, I thought it was from the field. I was going to say, damn. <laughs> uh, far far below his regular season average. Yeah. And in the finals, he was awful. Uh, let me find it here. Yeah, 14% from three. Deesh. But in the last game, we talked about how, how generally he's not that good of a passer. He actually found a few guys in transition Yeah. Um, that he never finds. So that was encouraging. And his rebounding. Like... If you guys have yeah. seen those clips after Melo retired of him going around uh, the rebounding clips where he says, fuck out of here. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. when he grabs it. Yeah. I know, Evan, you're uh, well knowledgeable to that. Oh, yeah. Days, but MPJ kind of gives me that type of vibe. Like he'll come out of nowhere and grab a board that somebody else completely could get. And if he has yeah. that energy and enthusiasm about rebounding, uh, I love it. I mean, he grabbed 13 last night. So, um, yeah. The rebounding has been a revelation because he's just got so much size. He's actually passable on defense. Like, I think going yeah. into the series, we all thought, all right, Gordon's the guy on Butler. And honestly, outside of game one, like the amount of possessions Gordon actually guarded Butler were really few and far between. It was Murray um, and Butler was trying everything to, he could to not be on Gordon. And I thought MPJ did all right uh, on him, at least in terms of the size. Like, I think Mitch, you saw right. that in the Boston series. Yeah, Horford, Williams, I think any sort of size you can throw at Jimmy, and I want to get into the Jimmy discussion a bit more, definitely yeah. frustrated him. And I think even if MPJ can just try to stay in front, you're able to contest from so far away at his height. So I think he's at least going to be a passable, maybe even above average defender. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely going to come together. It's just the continual effort on that side of things. Can you bring right. that con- the defensive consistency? You know, his rating on 2K for defensive consistency is not high. So we just need to bring that up a little bit. Um, let's hit the other side now. Love your Nuggets. Congratulations to the 2023 NBA champs, Denver Nuggets. So 2023 finalist in second place, <laughs> second place Miami Heat. I'll start with this. Bam, you shut me up. I mean, honestly, like there was some, there was Aaron and I had questioned his aggressiveness because it was well, well deserved. And then come that Boston series, he was definitely more aggressive. And then get, starting in game one, he was definitely the most aggressive I've seen him since that 2020 season, uh, the bubble season. It was impressive to watch him like try to put the team on his back because Jimmy wouldn't. And it was very similar to, Last year with Jalen doing it when Jason couldn't. And that's hurtful to say, but it, it it's very reminiscent of that. I don't know. I think we'll start with I want to start with Evan on this, but Bam being 
I don't know, more were you more impressed with how Bam played this year and I mean in this in this finals um than you would you, would than you were like before the season before the postseason started? Um I don't know if I've ever talked about it. Um, but I've never been as big of a BAM guy as most people are. I feel like people are pretty high on him. Um, I mean, he's a great second guy on a team. Um, I would have liked to seen him, even though he was pretty aggressive offensively, I would have seen to like him look for a shot even more so. Sure. Especially in moments, um, especially in game five, you know, Jokic goes out early. Gordon goes out early with two fouls. Um, they both come back in, and it it seemed like uh the right or the the way to go would be giving it to Bam and just keep pounding it um at Jokic or Gordon, keep putting the the Nuggets in a bad position because obviously whenever those guys go out is when the Heat went on their huge run. I mean that's when yep. DeAndre Jordan's on the floor. Not that I mean you kind of got what you got from DeAndre Jordan, but I would have liked to seen him attack more Bam offensively. I mean, obviously, he's he's a tremendous defender. It's a tough assignment guarding the best player in the world um, at points. Um, so I, I think, you know, regardless of his numbers, because you look at the box score and, and you're like, man, he was the best player on the team. He was he had maybe the best series for the Heat overall. Um, but I think I was still kind of left wanting a little bit more from him. And maybe sure. that's maybe I'm asking too much from him. Maybe that's just not the type of guy that he is. Maybe he can't be that guy, which is fine. Um, but I would have liked, I mean, he what? Let's see. 20 shots in game five, which is, yeah, leading the more, team. More but, than Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, more than Jimmy. Um, but I think just from the eye test, I would have loved to see him be more aggressive. I feel like he had a lot sure. of opportunities. One of the One of the most telling ones was, I can't remember, first or second quarter. It's definitely the first half. He got an entry pass, and they got a switch, and yep. Murray is on first Bam. First quarter. He's, Murray's on brutal. Bam, and he's literally at the semicircle. And all he's got to do is turn around and elevate. And, I mean, it's an easy lay-in. Um, for every reason, he gets spooked or I don't know, and he you know throws <laughs> it all the way at the heat bench because he thought, you know, his, or he didn't see his guy rotate um, to the top. That was that was really telling for me because I'm like, this is easy. Like, yeah. this is all you, man. The Jokic and sure. Gordon are both out of this game. This is your time to take over. And he had some big and ones, but I just needed to be more consistent if we're going to think of him as that caliber of player. Yeah, you're right. As soon as Jokic went out, Jeff Green moved to the center. This is before we put in DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. First two possessions were three-point plays by Bam and one in the paint. Uh, I mean, he went right at him. I think Butler was off the floor at that time, which certainly played a factor. But yeah. in general, I mean, Bam shot more shots than Jimmy in three out of the five games in this series. Wow. I think that's more on Jimmy than it is on Bam. I sure. think game game one Bam is probably what you're hoping for, Evan. I think game one was like the peak of his aggressiveness. I mean, he had a great game. He was super efficient. Uh, he was also distributing the ball pretty well. Um, I mean, for me... I've been so critical and so worried about his aggressiveness. I thought this was the best I'd seen Bam. I think he could go another level. I agree with you, Evan, but I was still impressed with him. I mean, he was their leading scorer, right? Yeah. Um, I believe yeah. in the in the whole round. It was by far his best, highest scoring yeah. series of the whole playoffs. So I was in general, I was in general, uh, you know, really impressed by him. Everything else he does is pretty much a given. So if he can be right. aggressive offensively, I mean, that's a huge plus for them. The and it's just because it's today's NBA. The th- side of him that 
I would love to see him grow is that shooting touch, like the, extend it out a little bit more. But again, it's it, it's just because it's today's NBA because he still can create for others. He had that one pass to the corner where no one was there, which was the funniest thing ever. Um, it's just like any one of those bloopers you see where like a ref is the one that's catching the ball. Um, but I still think he is a great big man passer. I think he's still on the better end of better side of that thing on the better side of that spectrum. But I, I, I understand, I do understand like your guys' thought on the idea of him being more aggressive, especially whenever (laughs) Gordon and Jokic are coming back in. Then, I mean, when they're both coming in with two fouls in that second quarter and it's like, okay, Jordan's come Deandre Jordan's coming out and one of these two has to be coming back in. So I agree with you guys on that side of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just undersized, right? I mean, he's a sixth right. center. It's like, yeah, Jokic is seven foot. Uh, Gordon is really physical and as tall as him. Sure. Like, it's just a tough, tough matchup for him. I mean, I think in, I would have to look back at his series against Milwaukee, but the amount of size that they had to throw at him. Yeah, I mean, he averaged with Giannis out still three points fewer than he did in this series. So, I mean, and I think the Knicks size have size gonna, too. Yeah, Knicks have, Knicks size, have size, size too. So, I think. Mitchell being what seven one, <laughs> seven foot, whatever, however tall he is, and lanky as heck. Not as strong as Bam, I don't think. Although I don't know, I think Mitch, Mitch Robinson might be deceivingly strong. Like Lee has some thick big muscle shoulders. on him. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Um, well, then there's the other guy we needed to talk about. Uh, the guy who everyone was proclaiming the playoff god uh, post uh, Buck series. Jimmy Butler disappoint. Um, and I'll, I'll start with this fatigue has to have set in at some point during, I mean, in this playoffs, sure. But when you're the number one guy, I don't, and he'll, he won't say anything about a rolled ankle or anything like that. When you're the number one guy, you still have to make some sort of play. You can't be hesitating. Like he was, I don't know. I will say I was just very, I felt very validated by how poorly he played in these finals. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's hard to make the injury argument just based on what he did at the Celtics those first three, four right. games. Um, right. Unless, unless he re-aggravated, I guess that's something we might not know about. Um, but I think it's hard to make the the injury argument, and I think, like you said, Mitch, the argument that seems more probable is a fatigue thing. And yeah, I mean, that's what that's what you get when you get to the finals, man. You gotta got to dig deep. I mean, they played some grueling series. I mean, you know, that game or the seven games against the Celtics obviously took it out of them. I mean, imagine if they could have closed that out in five, <laughs> how much better position they would have been in just from a, a you know, stamina perspective. But um, yeah, he was he was rather disappointing um, for pretty much all of the finals. But like I mentioned a little bit earlier, just in this game five the closeout game i expected a big performance from him just being aggressive all over the court and it just seemed like he was trying to fall back on the the cheap parts of his game where he's given his head fakes or he's kicking out his legs on the three mm-hmm. which i mean we don't have to talk about that because i think we all know that, that was kind of a ridiculous call i don't know how they reviewed that and still that was the it. worst that was the worst part of it um, and the explanation it made no sense i I didn't get that at all. Um, but it felt like he just kept going back to these things that, that weren't 
sustainable, like his countless or working. Yeah. And yeah, and he's coming up short on a lot of these shots, which I think comes back to him being tired. And I mean, man, dude played a lot. I mean, I think he was over 40 minutes again. I'm sure he played over 40 minutes the entire series. Um, but that's what you need from your best guys. I mean, Bam played 44 minutes. Jokic played 42. Murray with 41. I mean, that's that's what's called on you. And um, yeah, he was a, he was a let down. And I don't I don't know if the series changes much if he's you know a slightly better. But I think you you wanted to see you wanted more from him for sure. Going back to my rankings, Mitch, which we're going to update at some point. I had him preseason at number 11, and the leader of a group. That was basically a collection of number one guys who I don't think can do it alone. And I think this continually reminds us that that's the case. Sure. He can do it alone for a series. He can't win you a title. Uh, I don't I don't think Um, just the way he plays. And I think the fatigue has to do something with it. I think it's more about size. He and maybe he changes this in the offseason, gets used to it. He's clearly flustered by the amount of size that Denver threw at him and right. even the some of the size that Boston threw at him in that series. I mean, he gets so hesitant. He gets into the lane within five feet of the basket. It feels like every possession with ease. Yeah. And he might not have the best look at it, but I mean, with his pump fake ability, like he always, all right, I get to the paint and then I look out. And the amount of times that I wish he would have, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, as a Nuggets fan, I don't wish it, but I think he could have scored or gotten a foul a lot of those possessions, and he just refused to, and he's relying more and more on his three. Like, when you look mm. at it down the stretch when he got hot, it was two threes and then a foul on a three. Um, he only had one bucket in the paint during that whole run that he had. So, I mean, the fact that he's relying more on his three, I don't think that that to me doesn't point to a fatigue thing because then he doesn't have the legs for it. Right. I think that's a size confidence thing. Um, and so I don't know what, what he's got to fix there, but it, he just seemed really hesitant after the beginning of the Boston series and throughout this series. He just, I mean, I know, I know he's a good passer and I know he wants to get his teammates involved and they have a lot of good shooters, but you have to be the guy at some point. The size thing is definitely so true. And I didn't even think about it until game, whenever we talked after game four, um, because I, I, after we had talked, I was remembering how Al Horford played against him. Yes. How Rob Williams was playing against him. And for all the crap Grant Williams got, honestly, yeah. how Grant Williams was playing against him. Um, mm-hmm. And you think about his turnover, right? I mean, he's cooking, right? He had 11 straight points for Miami. Yeah. They had the lead. Um, and then I think they're down one. He goes into the paint and they turn the ball over. He turns the ball over. He drives on Murray. I think he has a decent look for a floater maybe, but he gets all too deep and Jokic is there and he completely stops. Yeah. Reverse pivots, throws it away to KCP. I mean, that's a size thing. And I thought Jokic actually put a really good defense and proved a lot of guys wrong in this series, but you got to figure out a way to do it, man. Try to draw a foul, shoot before you get to the size. Like he's just indecisive when it gets to that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. I had a buddy text me. Brad Aslan texted me up and he's like, will Jimmy Butler be known for the guy who passed away? Uh, whatever. What was it? What was the score at that point? I think they were down one. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Will Jimmy Butler be the guy who is known for passing up the game winning shot? The, the playoff God who passed up the game winning shot. And that's the thing that's 
flies in the face of the narrative, right? right it's incredible. Exactly. I yeah, exactly. Thank you. I, that's that's the thing. You're you've you've been claiming yourself, and that's the other thing. He's been self-proclaiming it. This, I mean, I mean, no. Let me rephrase that. He hasn't been actually self-proclaiming it. It's been he's been feeding into the narrative more so than he has been proclaiming it. But he's been feeding into the narrative that he is the the guy. Take those shots. Don't be the one that creates the issue. <laughs> so I don't know. I just feel like I I looked at that text. I was like, nah. But honestly, I don't know. It's like you were the one. You were the. You were the guy who wanted this. You wanted to be the one who took this kind of team and made a statement. Yeah, I I always try to be hesitant to hate on these sort of situations. I feel like media do it all the time. Like it's classic first take segment where it's like, oh, he just wasn't aggressive enough, so he didn't show up tonight. And it's like a regular season game, and you know, on a back to back, it's like, yeah, of course he didn't show up. But when it's this consistent and the team is constructed the way it is, like that's that's when it is really necessary. And you have a second star where we already went over and bam, Evan talked about it, where he's always really not aggressive enough. Uh, I mean, they were running like pick and rolls with Struess to start this game. Like that that's where they were offensively. Yeah. Lowry was running the offense. Like you can't have that in a closeout game of the NBA Finals. Yeah, you knew they were in a rough so. situation when when Lowry's taken 13 <laughs> shots. I mean, and I thought he, I thought he played really well, but yeah, it's just, it's no, a yeah. for him yeah. where he is now. Uh, the, the other thing is people were and since the heat have lost Shams, had came out saying that the heat are going to go after Kyrie. I saw that they were like, they had gone after Kyrie for a trade and that didn't work, but now it you're was saying the, that they're also going to go after him as a free agent. It was the, whenever it was at the deadline, they were trying to get him at right. the deadline, uh, whatever the Mavs got him. Um, there's the there's talks that that might be a deal, and I was like, "What?" Except yeah, Dame too, right? Dame too, yeah, because they're they're clearly looking for another like scorer. I think they want. I mean, Tyler Harrow being gone definitely hurt. Um, I don't think it, Tyler Harrow's. I don't love to. I don't love his game. At all, but no, I, not at all. in terms of ball handling and shot creation, they definitely missed him. Oh, yeah. for for sure. But uh, there is a lot of youth on that team too. It is it is Butler and Udonis Haslam <laughs> as like your vets on that team. Cody and Zeller. Shoot. Well, how old is Kevin Cody Love Zeller? And, Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry too. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I take it back. But there's still like a lot of these like like the next five guys are. All fairly young. I mean, Robinson, Struess, Vincent. Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of their go-to guys are, are pretty young. Yeah, and that's right. the thing. Like you were, they were relying on Vincent, and he did yeah. not have a good series outside of the beginning. Uh-uh. So when he my game four, my game four bet with having him yeah, get fifteen brutal. points really just was miserable. If he would have got fifteen points, I hit I hit two massive parlays, and I'd be an infinitely happier man. Uh, but I still had my. Nuggets and five bet hit, so I was happy about that. Yes, sir. I was uh, excited about that. Anyways, doesn't change the fact that there are some things that need to be changed in on the Miami Heat, clearly. And I am curious who they can bring back. It's yeah. I we talk about the Nuggets. We we said their their thing is what do they do with the Bruce Brown spot? Like, do they? 
how can they bring him back? Because what well, he was a mid level guy, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was like under seven million. Yeah, so he was like on that mid level contract for them. It's can they bring him back? Can they bring someone similar back um, the, to their team? Miami, it's truly can they find a, a like an actual second score beside Jimmy Butler? Because that's what as weird as Drogic was that in that bubble season, he was their second best scorer during that in that in that run. It was Jimmy and then Drogic who was ruining the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals um, and Tyler Hero. But it's just they're clearly in need of some sort of like score you could throw Duncan. Duncan Robinson's massive contract into a trade. Um, the other idea was Bradley Beal, um, which it sounded like today the Wizards are going to try to move him. Him and his team are trying to get together and try to figure out a way for him to get out of there. Uh, if they do do a whole overhaul in Washington, I don't hate it, but I also don't love Bradley Beal at the age he's at right now. So, and what do you think about missing Evan? Do you think it's like a scores ball handler? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you need. I mean, Kyle Lowry didn't pan out the way that they had hoped. Um, Old I think that's heck when they got him. Yeah, I think they're, or I think they need somebody to fill that gap that they were wanting Lowry to fill. Um, I don't know if that's Dame. I don't know if that's Beal. I like Dame a lot for the Heat. I think he'd fit in really well there. Um. I Obviously, agree. you don't like his defense, um, but surrounding him with Butler and Bam, I think, would be a lot of fun, and I think that could be really interesting. And I don't know what all you have to give up. Um, obviously, Hero, um, but I think that'd be really interesting. I think I think that should be their number one guy that they go after ahead of anybody else. I don't think you can trust Beal at all. I don't even know if he can be the third best player on a championship team. Um, well, it's also like, can Beal stay healthy for more than half the season now? That's the other thing, yeah. And he's also not a facilitator, really. He's so. just never, he's, you, we just haven't seen him in that type of scenario, except for whatever it was, the Wizards in 2017, 2018, whatever that was, um, when he kind of disappeared even then. So um, I think Dame is, is the guy to go for, shoot high and try to get him. I mean, you got a desirable market there in Miami and, I know Dame's so loyal to Portland, but I think I think he's ran his course um, there in Portland, and I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. So we'll see, but I'm definitely gonna. I mean, we'll, we'll see what the the market says about the Heat, but I would like to try to fade them next year if people are overestimating them. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You Go had ahead. the odds up at some point, Aaron. What were here? Let me. That's right here. I have it. I was gonna say, what are the odds they had for the Heat? They are like somehow still in the top ten. They're number ten at plus twenty five hundred. Like yeah, yeah I'll be going into the season, the they title. had better odds than Denver to win the title. Still, I mean, and they they were coming off the Eastern Conference Finals. So here's the here are the nine teams ahead of Miami: Denver, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, Golden State, Philly, Cleveland, Lakers, Clippers. The Lakers are still up there. I mean, Memphis, I know Jaw is a question mark here and how long he's going to miss, but I think Memphis and Sacramento are both getting extremely slept on there. Oh, I will be, if once I'm in Chicago this weekend, that that will be a, that will be a bet. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Heat have a ton of contracts, big contracts to move that they need to move if they want another star. Like, they don't have, they're only like... Because how much is Hero getting paid? A lot. Uh, he's getting paid $27 million. Good lord. Kyle Lowry is getting paid just under $30 million in his final year. So... And then what's Duncan's? Duncan's $18 million. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Victor Oladipo has a player option. He's going to get picked up. He's probably going to pick up for nine and a half. <laughs> like there are some bad up. contracts on this team. Everybody talked about Caleb Martin needing to get paid. Well, he's under contract for a whole nother year, and I don't think Miami can afford to up his salary uh, if they want to build out elsewhere. So, like he might be kind of stuck at this mid level, unfortunately for him. So, I think, like you said, Evan, Tyler Harrow's got to go if you're getting a scoring guard. Maybe you can convince somebody to take uh Kyle Lowry but I thought he meant a lot to them I just I just don't know if you can pay that much money for where he is right now and then Duncan Robinson I think you have to sell high on him too perhaps uh because he was left for dead and probably the least tradable asset and he played great in the playoffs so yeah I think you get rid of him too I think you got to get rid of all those guys yeah his stock is as high as it as it'll ever be right now this, what sucks is that Vincent's no longer under contract. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Yeah, and he's going to get paid elsewhere. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to – that's where I'm curious about where he'll go. I wonder if, like, San Antonio is like, hey, you want to come play with Victor Wembanyama? They get, like, Chris Paul, Gabe Vincent. I think Duncan Robinson could be a really good fit that, in San Antonio. Or um, just space, is, space is, the floor is, a bit. Is Pop just going to say, hey, uh, Spo, I'll just take all your guys uh, and throw Doug McDermott also out there at the Power Forge? <laughs> yeah. I was looking through the free agent class. It's not great. I'm not going to lie. It's not a great like free agent class. Russell Westbrook's know, was, on that. Russell Westbrook headlines it. About, yeah, the stars are... Uh, I'm kind of down on all the stars out there, but I was trying to think through Bruce Brown replacements. And I think I I heard Doc Rivers say this on Bill's pod, but uh, Seth Curry, I think, would be an interesting option in Denver. Hmm. Defensively is a tough look. I was going to say, (laughs) man, off ball, his shooting like he worked well with Embiid. Imagine how good he can work with Jokic. Yeah, anybody can play with Jokic. Well, I was um, scary. Yeah, I was looking at I guess there's something on Twitter today about like the free agent class and the the teams they're most likely to go to or the odds or whatever it was. And if they were to leave their current team and for Chris Middleton, the, the uh, most likely team that he his landing spot was Oklahoma city. And I just didn't, I didn't, Whoa. I hated the thought of that. That doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. Oh, the thought of it. So you're taking minutes <laughs> away from Jalen Williams. Yeah, exactly. Or, or door. Why would you do that? Yeah. Or door, yeah. which I think I door hate. plays a good role in that team. Yeah, that was just something random I saw. Plus, you have check coming back. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Yeah, that, that's starting five for. We'll do a little thunder minute here. That's starting five <laughs> for the Thunder is gonna be nice next year. Yeah, I was I was taking a little peek at their finals odds. Probably not worth it. <laughs> They're probably too long, but yeah. yeah, seeing them maybe maybe a playoff odds make the playoffs. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Like the Magic, I think, are another team to watch out for. We're going to get into all this offseason, but yeah. I liked where they were building. But yeah, you look at these like, oh man, these free agents. Fred Van Vliet. Can you Vliet, send me that I've already seen... whenever we get the chance? Can you get the yeah. can you send me that tweet whenever yeah. you see it? I've already seen the Fred Van Vliet to Denver fans on Twitter. I was like, this makes zero sense. Why would Fred? How why, are you gonna why would we him? want to pay Fred Van Vliet to come off the bench? Yeah, that's dumb. 
I'm trying to think who else. Fred VanVleet, I mean, the Bill Simmons fans are going to know the magic side of things. Like they want him there. I'm trying to think of another with Fred VanVleet in Miami. Yeah. Kind of undersized, but. I mean, yeah, but he does bring another scoring aspect to it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, your other guard options are really problematic. And Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yikes. Okay. Pretty slow well, pickings. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I kind of want Denver to buy low on Dylan Brooks. No, don't do it to yourself. You don't want that. Aaron. You don't, don't no, if say we can pay that. him $5 million a year to be the eighth man and just come in and play defense and run the floor and maybe and not be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least he'll be coming off the bench now. I don't know. I, I kind of want to buy low on him. I would not be a Nuggets fan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my my story is more desirable. but I would, be quick, more I would quickly be selling my stock at... Uh, in, in in the Nuggets, if that they wouldn't pick up Dylan Brooks, that would that would change my entire mindset and who the Nuggets are as an organization. If they picked that man up. Another guy I would like. Now that we're just on to Nuggets offseason wishes, is Dante Givincenzo. He's oh. a player option that I wonder if he's just gonna say, "I want to play with Steph again," and maybe he'll take that. that. Um, I think he probably could be worth four point seven million though. If uh, I'm if I'm a Dante Divincenzo, I I. I would like I would think to get out of the warrior system because I don't think you know what's happening there. True. Bob Myers to, yeah, and then I'm wanting to trade some of their young guys. I think if I'm if I'm one of those guys, I want to get to the Nuggets as fast as I can yeah. after seeing the way that some of the role players excelled for them this year. That or Phoenix. Like you get the opportunity to play behind Stephen I mean sorry, Devin Booker and uh KD. Like to be like a guard that could go play with like those guys. Like he would be the backup guard for them, of yeah. course. But still, to be I see Fred Van Vliet going Phoenix. God, I like I like that. That was my thought. I don't know. That's a bit of defense. But... Wait, no, he doesn't. Fred Van Vliet is he what? <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good defender. I don't. I definitely I haven't noticed him for his defense, but I don't look up, his, look up his he's he's like really undersized, but he's an active defender. Look up his steel stats. Okay, I'll look, look it up. up. Look I'm it just up. wondering, looking at this list, who the backup center is going to be for or, Denver. Oh. for Denver. Do you bring back uh, Thomas Bryant? I don't know. Malone didn't seem to jive with him very much. I was really excited about no. Thomas Bryant and it just didn't seem, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back, uh, bringing back Mason Plumley. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> just give me like three seconds here. I'm looking at this tweet, Evan Vooch to the Celtics. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Oh, I hate it. All right. I'm done looking at that tweet. I right, gave it three seconds. I, I scanned it. I'm done. All right. Um, uh, are you sure that the Celtics aren't going to pick up Mike Muscala's $3.5 million option? 100% sure they're not going to pick up Mike Muscala's <laughs> option. <laughs> Do you remember 100%. how excited you were about Mike Muscala? Was yeah, ecstatic. That was, low, that was a low I, point for me. He was like, I love Muscala. <laughs> I he do just, love Muscala. He had like one good game as soon as he signed him. You Damn right he did. I was, I was in because we, the reason I was in is because we had three centers that were hurt all the time. We, Robert Williams couldn't stay on the court. Al Horford would, didn't play back to back. So I was like, okay, I'll take a center that's not named Blake Griffin. And then we didn't really see much of him because Robert Williams came back. So I was just like, 
well, there were my hopes and dreams of my Muscala jersey. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Um, congrats to the Nuggets. Congrats to the Nuggets. Happy for you, buddy. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you. Yep. NBA um, champs, baby. Now we NBA just got to run it back. Yes, sir. Do we get the Thunder in the... Cha- Evan, do we have the Thunder in the championship in the next five years? Absolutely. 2026, NBA champs. That West is tough, man. That is going to yeah. be tough. That was. I mean, the really... East. The East seemed. I mean, they had but, the top tier talent this year, okay. but based on how the playoffs ended out and like what we think Phoenix is going to be, I assume what Sacramento is going to continue to grow into. If Memphis can finally figure things out, and like Lucas still in Dallas, and obviously we just talked about OKC. Like, I just think it's so deep. Here's With... my zag. Go for it. Expansion, restructure of conferences, OKC Eastern Conference. Well, Memphis also would have to go to Eastern Conference. How about Memphis Eastern Conference? Yeah, that that always makes sense. Memphis and New Orleans would probably go Eastern Conference if if we're like going geographically. Because it sounds what what it'll be Vegas and Seattle. Yeah, two West teams. Yeah. I don't know. This is like completely irrelevant. What do you guys think about this Western Conference next year? Because I've already seen, is this a dynasty bullshit conversation? Uh, apologies, <laughs> Otis. Um, Young years. What do you think happens in the West next year? Do you think Denver, it's like Denver's to lose? Are you betting on somebody else? What are your guys' thoughts? Um, if I'm betting on the field or Denver, I'm betting on the field. Okay. I think, I, mean, I, I think, too. well, right. But like, it's the, I, I think, I don't think it's Denver's to lose just because of how tough it's going to be next year. But then we said that this year, but I think another year under the belt of Booker and Durant play together and hopefully them being smart about where they spend their money. And hopefully they actually finally fucking trade DeAndre, uh, DeAndre order. I I can't talk right now. DeAndre DeAndre Ayton. Dear God. <laughs> I feel like I've screwed that up about 15 different times just this season alone on <laughs> who their center is. Trading him is, I think, step number one. But also, I don't know, whatever you're going to get with um, Dallas, I'm also going to continue to buy low on them. Uh, with the whole Joss situation, we have yet to hear about the suspension. I wonder if we hear about that Friday or even tomorrow. Um I feel like that's got to come out soon. It has to come, come out, out soon. I mean, the news cycle is, gonna, is so slow right now. Once it's be starts, up, maybe like after the parade, maybe on Friday. Before yeah. the NBA draft talk ramps up too. Yeah. yeah. By the end of the week, I'd like to think that's going to be um, out and about. <sighs> I don't know. I feel okay about Memphis, honestly. I'd be willing to buy low on them mm. because I think they're – uniquely positioned to guard Jokic potentially if they match up in the playoffs. Yeah, like what we talked about, David. I don't trust Jaw. Yeah, exactly. I don't trust Jaw really. Um, even, you know, before all this happened. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I th- I think they're potentially a very unique team that can play defense with size. They just really need to get better at half court offense and get better shooters in the building. They well, kind of started that with Canard. Yeah, getting rid of Doug yeah, will help that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so they just need to fill out their roster. But um, like in the regular season, depending on how long Jaws out, they still have Tyus Jones, who's the best backup point guard in the league. So yeah, they've proven um, they're okay in the regular season without Jaw. Kuzma to the Grizzlies. 
for uh, to replace Dylan Brooks. We need another veteran. Yeah, I like that. I I agree. But yeah, I mean, talent talent wise, I don't hate it. Because he he'd be this scorer while Jaws. I would kind of like like a Cam Johnson if for some reason Brooklyn, which I think Brooklyn's probably going to take him back, but somebody like that. I don't know. What about Dorian Finney Smith? I know he's not a scorer, but. Yeah, he's he'd be perfect. I mean, I'd he like can space the floor. He can play defense. He's a, more of a veteran, kind of like just a better Jay Crowder. Everybody wants Jay Crowder. He's just like a better version of Jay Crowder now. Yeah, yeah. I like Dorian Finney-Smith a lot. All right. What do you think well, the ceiling is for the Thunder next year, Evan? Uh, ceiling? Um, second round? Yeah, five seed, second round. Yeah, Out in six against... The Suns. No, not the Suns. Out six against the Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. yeah. Clippers can be the, the one seed the Clippers next year? are a one seed. <laughs> or they the upset eight seed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You guys put me on the spot. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I think or they beat the Clippers. Seed. They're a six seed that like upsets the three, and then they who, lose whoever the two seed is. Who could probably be the Sacramento Kings again being the three seed? That's the other so team. comfortable going against the Kings if I'm the I, that's the other team I was gonna say in like the Western Conference. Like, just give me Chet, man. Just give me Chet, <laughs> and it's wraps. All right. What's the uh, pick this year for the Thunder? What's the pick? Yeah, in the first oh, round. 12, 12. That's not bad. So this yeah. is like the last I mean, time they have two, one pick in the first round for a while. Well, we just traded our twenty. Oh yeah, we traded. Ours to the Nuggets. The twenty twenty four pick. Yeah, next year. Isn't it protected though? Um, I don't remember. I thought I it was, like it's just the worst pick. Uh, was yeah, oh yeah, it was the worst of the two. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, gentlemen, congratulations, Aaron. Congrats to the Nuggets to win the finals. Thank you. Uh, Thunder, congrats on continuing to be in the lottery. Um. And there, congrats on getting Chet Holmgren back. Um, don't say, don't say, continuing to be in the lottery as if they've just like been here for five years. It's only year three. It's only year three. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's only been three years. It's it feels like it's forever. been so long. Everybody says we're the black eye of the league, but like, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Do you remember when yeah, Charlotte was this bad? Worse. <laughs> Charlotte was this bad, like in the 2010s. Great time. The Kings, the Kings have been bad for 18 straight years. <laughs> actively yeah. bad <laughs> quick, Evan, quick finals quick way too early finals prediction mitch go oh good lord um got go with your gut i know go, i know go. i know i know grizzlies and the whoa whoa Hold on. <laughs> i know right i know you said gut you said gut grizzlies and <laughs> you gotta go and the thunder box. magic <laughs> yeah what, grizzlies what in the box grizzlies box okay. i think All i think finals I know who. Wait, who's? Um, I think the new coach in Milwaukee should be helpful. Hopefully, just another voice yeah. in the room. Yeah, I I never know what that stuff. I, yeah, apparently he's been in the coaching, you know, candidate circle for a while. So, and apparently Giannis signed off. So, whatever that means. I think you'd have to have him sign off. Yeah, Brook Lopez go. is probably gone though. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he got him. 
Um, twenty twenty four NBA Finals will be a rematch of the twenty twenty one NBA Finals: Suns versus Bucks. Hmm. Okay. Evans was that twenty twenty two. That was twenty twenty one. Yeah. Twenty one, twenty two is Celtics. I think that was my finals prediction for this year too. It was. But, um, yeah, I think the Bucks get back. Aaron, the Bucks are tough with Chris. I just. Chris Middleton question. They're gonna they're gonna have to replace. How you replace Lopez? To... I mean, Portis can step up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I had this. I'll have to send you this this tweet. It had like ten faces on it, and you only could like choose three role. They were all like ten role players, and you only could choose three of them to be like your three role players to get you to a finals. And Bobby Portis's face was on that one. But I mean, he's still. I think that's a good guy to have as a role player on a team. My championship. They also have Giannis on their team. <laughs> that's that's a confirmed, you know confirmed good. Player. I forgot about that. <laughs> Great counterpoint. All right, Aaron, come on, hit hit us with yours. God, the East is tough. Um, I I don't. I hate that we confident. all. And I picked the Bucks already. Damn it! I'm <laughs> I'm getting the Celtics Nuggets. Um, I, I hate the East. I just I just don't know about any of those teams right now. I have so many questions that. Are going to get answered, but I just think nobody has an answer for Jokic out west. So if Murray stays healthy, MPJ takes a step, which I assume will be the case and can stay healthy, even as much as I think the Suns will be a lot better. I, I Jokic is the best player in the world, so I'll take the Nuggets. Missoula having his own coaching staff finally is going to be helpful. The fact he got Sam Cassell, super stoked about that. All right, I think they need to pick up a point guard. We'll see. Even though they have like three on the roster, apparently. But Evan hated the, my DeAndre Murray. I mean, my Dejounte Murray idea, and I'm I'm I've now been beat up ever since about. I it, don't so. think he can be a point guard on a winning team. Ooh, okay. That's I a disagree. take for the, that's a take for the summer. Um, but until then, gentlemen, thanks for joining. Thanks for doing this. Congrats, Aaron, once again. Congrats to the Nuggets, 2023 NBA champs. We'll be back in a, probably next week talking about uh, Aaron's going to sometime this summer do his top 50 list of top 50 players in the NBA uh, through right. the season. And then we're going to have Evan, Adam Johnson, and Austin Johnson on throughout the summer doing some top playoff performances, uh, playoff series performances. We'll be doing that at some point all throughout the summer as well. Um, so we got a lot of stuff coming this summer and we're excited about it. I know Aaron and I have crazy busy schedules. And so we're going to try to find a time when we're not in different states to do it. Um, or maybe we do a podcast in a different state while we're at it. You know, maybe we just have to do it at some point. But I'll be traveling with my mic for sure. Yeah, I mean, you will be doing that. Um, but it'll be good. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And then, yeah, go Nuggets, go Celtics, and go Thunder. Cha-ching, the Thunder, Almost got it.